Nikki, thank you so much for being on the Soulish Podcast. It is such an honor and privilege to have you here. You are my Reiki master. <laughs> I first met you. Yes, I first met you doing my Reiki one and two practitioner training. Um, actually, when I really first moved to Denver. So I, you didn't know this, but I had my laptop up on my blow up mattress and was on the floor and just like hanging out on my meditation pillow. And that was, <laughs> that was how I enjoyed the training. Um, but it, it was so, it was so good. And um, I just immediately was captured. I, I had done a lot of research of like different trainings out there and I was just really captured by your heart and your heartbeat to help bring healing into this world, as well as mentor people. And I just love the way that you do that through your social media um, and just how you speak, how you address things, how you open up, how you share. It's all so inspiring. And so it's just such a privilege and honor to have you as a guest. Um, for those who haven't known Nikki or haven't met her, Nikki Cosmo, um, you are a hypnotherapist, past life regressionist, among many other things. Um, and you basically started your journey from what I understand. Um, basically, like you lost, you had a huge loss in your family. And that's kind of what started your journey into either self-realization, um, kind of discovering spirituality. And so I wanted to see if you could share a little bit about your background, because I actually haven't heard it from you yet. Um, and I know that everyone will really enjoy hearing about your journey. Yes. You're so beautiful. That was like the most beautiful <laughs> intro of my whole life. It's taken some divine alignment to get to this point. I'm really happy to be here. By the way, I love the title of your podcast. I'm just like, Soulish, yes. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah, man, the journey's been, can I cuss on this podcast? Totally. Fucking nuts. And it's so interesting because just before our call, I had a reading with an astrologer and she was fantastic. This was like probably the best reading I've ever had. And she was just solidifying so much that I already knew in terms of like you said, you love, you love my heart, but also the way that I taught and the way that I teach. Well, that's, I'm a combination of like heartfelt, I'm going to coddle you and hold you and love you and snuggle you, but cut the BS at the same time. So that's really how I teach is like stern, but with love and like no BS, mm -hmm. but also gently and lovingly. And I mm -hmm. think how I got to that point was because of my many losses. And it all started with, it actually really started in 2007, I lost my best friend. And that just completely shook and rattled my world. I didn't, I had lost my great grandma at that point and a couple animals, but to lose my best friend was earth shattering. And it was only a year later that I lost my dad. And I'm the one who found him. I don't share that often. I'm the one who found him. He was in his, in his own bed in our home. And so it was really, um, it was pretty brutal. Like the scene was not nice. And just from that moment forward, I became this seeker. I wanted to understand death and life. And I had all these why is like why and how and where and where's my dad now and I really kind of went on this train of asking all the deeper questions um 
And I would say around that same time, I tried psychedelics for the first time and that also expanded my mind. So I just became this um, sponge, this absorber of anything cosmic and anything spiritual. Wow. How old were you just to have a reference point? Yeah, I was 22 when my dad passed. So that was definitely, for those of you who are familiar with the term, the dark night of the soul, that was definitely my first one, not my only one, but my first one, where it's like you feel like you're in, I don't even know, like in a tornado, yeah. also in the mud and the quicksand, and you're like, where am I, which way is up, and there are two different ways we can go from that point, you know, we can use our breakdown to break further down which, you know, no judgment here or there, or we can use our breakdowns to break through and kind of climb the mountain. And that's the route that I took. Mm -hmm. And I know psychedelics can be really powerful. Like plant medicine can be really powerful in helping you see the greater perspective, right. Of things. I haven't, I haven't used anything yet, but I, I've, I've been feeling called to mushrooms have been calling me for a while. So I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> But I just, I love, I love that, you know, and it's such a, I'm so glad that you were able to find it and the medicine found you to help you in that moment. Um, what was that experience like? Do you feel like that was the moment, like in that dark night of the soul, that was maybe what made you realize, or maybe your, your experience with psychedelics, did that, was that kind of like the push forward into spirituality? It it was my dad passing away that shook up my reality in a way that I did not even know was humanly possible. And then taking the psychedelic very close after that, um, my first psychedelic I ever did was LSD. So taking LSD in that moment, in that deep grief, like you said, just gave me this perspective that was you can't even put it into words. I was like, there is so much more out there than we can see or touch or feel or that we can read in books. And it was just a couple months after that LSD experience, I bought a one-way ticket to Indonesia and I started traveling the world and the rest is history. Wow. <laughs> that is so cool. You had like an eat, pray, love. <laughs> I love eat, pray, love. <laughs> so for you in your journey, were you more so curious as to like, where did my dad go? Where did my best friend go? Like what happens after death? Was that more of the curiosity? Not maybe necessarily so much like there's a God, there's a universe or source spirit. Was it more of like, what happens like after this life? Yes and no, it wasn't that specific. It was the trauma of losing him so brutally and finding him and the LSD that opened my mind and opened these closed doors that allowed me to know and understand that who I thought I was and who I thought everyone else was and everything I ever thought I learned in like primary school, it just mm -hmm. got shattered. So I, I, I just knew that it was important to start understanding other realms, other schools of thought um, you know, Eastern, Western, I, I was so just, you know, born and raised in LA and I had this one way mind, but I didn't know that until I got taken out of it. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. That's, that makes total sense of just kind of being more about you and your world and what you've built 
right? Especially early twenties. It's very like you're building your life, you know? So then to have it kind of shift in a way like that is pretty major. That's a pretty major challenge. So you went on a travel binge, which I'm so jealous of (laughs) Indonesia. And you just, was that more like finding temples, finding places, finding experiences? What was that journey like? Just kind of journeying outside of your LA box. (laughs) It was incredible because it was nothing like LA and the cultures and the people that I met, whether they were locals or other travelers passing through because I stayed in Indonesia for three months and not just Bali, you know, a lot of people are like, Ooh, Bali and Bali is cool. And I love it. But I, I went to other remote places that are not as in the know, I guess. And from there went to Australia and I traveled through India, Thailand, and I was just absorbing all this newness. And when I came back to LA, it was so foreign. I was like, what is everybody doing? It's all so robotic over here. Not to like, I still live in LA now and I love it for certain reasons. But I always say that traveling through a third world country is absolutely should be one of the things people do before they die because it just, it offers you new ideas and new thoughts and in a very beautiful open way. So true. So true. That's so beautiful. Mm. Um, one of the things that you say in your bio is just kind of like through, through the many challenges, cause you had many deaths that you experienced in your life. And I know that that's also a fascination of yours and you've experienced a lot of working. I'm not sure to the extent of communication with pe- people who have passed. Um, but at least you have a connection point that is pretty strong. How did that develop and what is that like for you? Are you able to communicate to that extent of mediumship or um, is it more of just awareness? Yeah, that's an awesome question. No one's ever asked me that. And I really love that because you're right. fascinated <laughs> with death and I'll talk about it all day long. Um, I would not call myself a medium per se, but I absolutely am an open channel to people who have passed on to the other side. I often can see or sense when someone's about to die. Um, So that, it's not a curse. I don't know if it's a blessing either, but I can see someone walking down the street and and know, okay, like they're, I sense death, that makes more sense. I sense when it's near. Like that transition. mm -hmm, I can sense when it's near, but also, I've communicated with my dad and my, my sister, my younger sister passed away. I communicated with her as well, but it's not in the mediumship way. It's like, if I'm really open on that evening or that morning and they come through, it's very obvious to me that it's them. Mm, that's so cool. And yeah, I, cause I it... received messages from other people's parents. Actually, there was one time years ago that I received a message from my friend's dad and I had never met him in the human flesh, but I knew what he looked like and I knew what he sounded like because she would show me videos and he came through with a message for her and I gave it to her, which felt a little in a way intrusive because she didn't ask for that message. So I had to be really gentle and say, this might come as a shock, but your dad gave me a message and I'd love to deliver it to you. So things like that will happen. That's so cool. That's so rad. But I love it because I, I too, I think just um, I grew up Christian. So 
there was more of a wall of like, we don't communicate with people who have passed. And so since coming out of Christianity and kind of opening my box, my world, so, so to speak with spirituality and all that, it's been like so fascinating to me to think about, we can actually communicate with, you know, people who have passed away and um, whether they're close to us or kind of, you know, further away from us, like your friend's dad and, Um, We can learn so much more about the afterlife, about what it is to exist, to be a spirit. Um, So, so fascinating. I love it. (laughs) It is fascinating. And like I taught you guys in the Reiki training, if you believe that we're more than this physical body, and I can guarantee almost all religions to some degree believe that we're more than this body, that there's Mm -hmm. maybe an energy or a soul or a spirit. Everyone kind of has a different word for it. But Mm -hmm. that thing within the physical flesh suit, like, what is that? That doesn't Mm -hmm. die. That just kind of keeps going on and either floats in the cosmos or turns into a lamp or a table. I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Turn me on, turn me off. (laughs) That's my, that's all I want for for this existence. (laughs) That does sound pleasant. (laughs) But yeah, it's true. Like we can totally there's there's really endless possibilities and even reincarnation like we can't necessarily prove it but there's a lot of examples of it and there's a lot of teachings on it and it goes back thousands of years it was actually in the bible but they took it out um in like the was it fourth fourth or either fourth or sixth um century so very very early on because then then where's the where's the control right where's the influence of tithe come you know and all of that so very interesting um because, I mean we don't have to get into religion but I I have chills yeah. because it's so true like yeah where's the control then if, yeah I'm, I'm going deep in the mind <laughs> it's true and I think there's a lot of control in and even in spirituality I'm seeing it as I'm kind of coming out of one into another. And so experiencing you and how you behave and how you share and how open you are has been really refreshing because I, I look up to you for sure and um, and see you as definitely a, a mentor, so to speak, of just even, even your Instagram is just so inspiring and just the messages that you continually put out are just so are so positive and so inclusive and so diverse in your opinions and just in your thoughts. And so I love that. And one of the things you also said in your bio was that you really came into the power of presence. And I thought that was so significant to have in your, on your website, it just stood out to me like hardcore. And, um, I think even presence is bolded. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, Ooh, I love this. Cause the power of presence is something that I don't know if that's something that we focus on as much. We're always trying to attain instead of be, you know, try to do instead of be. Um, do you feel like your travels, you know, and being in third world countries kind of brought that out or was it more of like the things that you went through that solidified that of really focusing in on power of presence? You know, it was my dad before he passed. My dad was a writer and a poet. And so I have memories, some of my youngest memories, I don't really know how old I was, maybe six, 
um, from six until the day he died. And I was 22. So all those years I I would stay up late. He'd say, Hey, Nikki, come into my bedroom. I want to read you my latest poem. And I really learned how to listen from such a young age because My dad really wanted to share his heart with me through his writings. And I would sit and listen. And being a young kid, sometimes I'd be like, come on, dad, I don't want to be here or whatever. But I understand now fully that he really instilled in me the the power of presence and the power, Mm -hmm. the art of listening, which Mm -hmm. truly is an art, you know? It really is. It really is. Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) I bet like now those are really solid memories. Oh my God. Totally solid. I actually have all of his notebooks. So those are like treasures that I hold on to. I haven't read them all, but one day. Mm. Oh, not going to tear up. <laughs> Let's move on. So I don't cry. <laughs> that's a, that's so beautiful, Nikki. Thank you for sharing. And you're now a mom yourself, right? Yeah. You have one year two old. little, just one, one-year-old. One, one-year-old. Oh my gosh. So did you have your baby during the pandemic then? Like during COVID? So how was that for you? It was intense. It was intense being pregnant and then giving birth all within like the exact kind of moment where it was really heightened was when I was at the most heightened part of my birth and pregnancy. It was intense also because my daughter was born with CHD, so it's a congenital heart defect. And she had to have open heart surgery at six months old and only I was allowed in the hospital, not my partner. It just was so insane, but whatever, I can ask my astrologer, I don't know, but whatever reason I'm here on this planet is to really take, I don't wanna say beatings, but I have some sort of innate ability to just really take the hard stuff over and over again and transmute it because I think my purpose is then to teach others how to do that Mm -hmm. or know that we can crawl out of the mud there it is possible I totally think that I have no doubts because just the way that you handle you handle things from what you've shared you really do stand in your power and you are really not shaken by much, you know, and probably in the moment we're all human, right? So we all feel it. We all feel the stress. We all feel the hormones, but your choice is, I think, what is so significant and what is so um, inspiring to just continue on and to not give up and to transmute it, like you said, which is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> and I love and, the word choice because I say this time and time again to my students and clients and that it is a choice. And I'm not saying that it's easier for me, but I've been choosing positivity for so long and optimism. And I'm just not really much of a worry wart. I'm more of like underly cautious. So yeah, it's, I, I teach people that it's a choice, but for some people it might be more challenging to get to that point, but just to know that it is possible. Yeah, it is possible, which is great. Um, Oh man, I have so much that I want to ask you. (laughs) So 
when did you, when did you realize that you were interested in like these different modalities, such as like Reiki? I know Reiki is something that you teach now more than you actually take in clients. You actually more so teach and do trainings like, like the one you did for me, past life regression. Um, you also have Cosmic Relations University, which is so cool. Um, how did you know, like to go into hypnotherapy or that that was where you wanted to go? Was it maybe having to do with like being fascinated with death and crossing over? So you're like, Hey, like if you can connect, this is one way you can, (laughs) is that what did it? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's all connected, right? Because I've always been fascinated with the mind. And so I was actually in school for psychology. I studied psychology for a long time, but then psychology was starting to get a little too sciencey for me. I enjoyed learning what I learned, but I needed the blend of science and holistic and alternative and like, like textbook, but then what you figure out when you live in India, like I needed experience plus like academics. And so there in the middle, I found hypnotherapy. It was a, it was a beautiful blend of both the psychology, but also kind of the alternative way of doing therapy that's so cool so hypnotherapy was kind of the first first step in I guess into stepping into a career so to speak of spirituality hypnotherapy was actually the last I started with I think I started with I started with Thai massage if we're if we're talking in terms of like career paths yeah massage for a while then I did a modality called shamanic body work for a while then I did Reiki and I just had my Reiki one and two then I got my Reiki master teacher so that really up leveled things but I still missed psychology I was like oh like I just love the mind I love energetics and I love like working with the body but I'm so like I want to understand why do people tick why do they do the things they do so I went back to school for psychology for the second time and was reminded, oh yeah, this is too sciencey. And then I found <laughs> hypnotherapy. So that's actually how it happened. Wow, that's so cool. That's so cool. And past life regression also is something that you do trainings on. They're like four Saturdays. And so technically four weeks before Saturdays in training, right? And that's coming up, I think you said August 14th. Um, so that's coming up soon. Um how did you get into that? Was hypnotherapy like the gateway? Cause I know it starts off with hypnosis, right. To get into that state. Yeah. I mean, I had my first past life regression done to me when I was living in Costa Rica. And when I came out of it full truth, cause like, you know me, I'm like, no BS. I was like, what the hell was that? I was like, what was that? What just happened. That was like a bunch of BS. But I understand now why. I have a lot of love and respect for the woman, the woman who held the space and took me through that journey, but there was no lead up to, to explaining what it was. I had no clue and there was no aftercare either. So that's mm-hmm. once I found hypnotherapy again and I got my degree in hypnotherapy, I saw that past life regression was an option for me to learn how to not only do, but also teach. And I had a little trigger, like remembering what happened in Costa Rica, but then another voice came in stronger and said, give it a try. This is like your next big thing. 
So I got certified in that. And I mean, it's been wildly successful, not only the one-on-one sessions I do, but teaching other people because I took from my first experience and, and learned how to teach my students, well, you need some pre-care and you need some post-care. Otherwise your client's gonna come out of it like what the heck just happened? What was that? Mm-hmm. So I really, mm-hmm. I took a lot of lessons from my first experience in how I now teach people to do it. Which is so cool. It's so cool that you can do that and basically learn how not to, which I think sometimes is the best way to learn how to, because especially when you've experienced it, you know what it feels like and how that didn't really, didn't really help you as much as it could have maybe if, if that had been done. So that's really cool. Um, And just with your, with your career and focusing on healing, did you, did you really always maybe have a pull towards people? Have you always been people oriented since you were young and wanting to work with people or having that desire to help people heal or feel better, be even be happy? Has that always been a thing for you? Yeah, a hundred percent. I, again, another very early memory is I would go like, take your daughter to work day. And I'd go to work with my dad and he was kind of like a carpenter handyman type thing and so we'd be driving through these um poorer parts of the town and I would see homeless um folks and I at five six seven years old would start crying uncontrollably Mm. because my heart was so pure and didn't understand like I didn't understand why they had that life and not a life that I had at seven years old so I've always had a very tender heart for people and I actually, before I got into any of this kind of spiritual work, I was a special needs caregiver for about 10 years. So, you know, helping kids with cerebral palsy and autism, different things like that. So I've always been wanting to help, help humanity, Mm -hmm. help my community. Yeah. Deeply compassionate. Yes. Yes. There's the theme. (laughs) Word. I mean, that's, that's my word for everything. It's just to have compassion. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, you recently have been sharing about your experience with having breast implants and having them removed. And you've been so candid um, with your journey. And I just thought that was so brave um, because, you know, everyone has their own opinions. And I love how you've stayed so neutral yet sharing your journey and why you believe what you believe. And I, I think I just wanted to ask you, what led you to be so personal? Like, what's, what's your intention behind that? Because it's, it's very ballsy, you know? <laughs> it is ballsy. And you know what? It's because I, if I can help even one person, then I get massive fulfillment knowing that I helped someone out there that again, that like ties back into, I think my purpose on this planet right now as Nikki is if I can help in any way or support, then I'm willing to show it all in, in the name of helping even one person. Mm -hmm. Have you gotten like incredible DMS from people that are like, (laughs) I've gotten so many DMS from so many women either saying, wow, you're so brave. I would never talk about that like on Instagram or 
I have implants and I've never heard of um, breast implant illness or another one that's so, so common is I was thinking about getting them and now I don't think I'm going to just by watching your videos. And I'm like, I'm not here to say, oh, good job. Don't do it. But I'm here to just say, I'm really glad it, it helped you in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Because the information really isn't, I mean, you have to dig, you know, you have to do like actual research in order to really kind of find some of the the details because they, you know, ultimately it's a, it's a system, it's a, it's a business, right. Of body enhancement, plastic surgery. So there's a lot of encouragement towards that. And, um, I love the line that you straddle because at the same time that you're body positive and people positive, really, um, you're also like, Hey, like if you feel insecure, then do whatever you need to do in order to feel less insecure, right. To feel secure. So I love how you straddle that line so beautifully because I'm so black and white. <laughs> so I watch you do it. And I'm like, Whoa, she's so gray. I love it. She's the perfect shade of gray. <laughs> You're so, so neutral and it's so great. I love that. And I really, you know, thank you. I really appreciate hearing that from you and just your outside perspective, because it is so true. Like, why did I do it at 20 years old? Well, I was insecure. And I think who let a 20 year old put breast implants in? Well, you know what? Bless my parents' hearts because they just wanted to support me in feeling better about myself. And that was the solution at the time. And had I the wisdom then that I have now at 35, I probably would not have done it. But, you know, we all have to go through what we go through to come to these aha moments, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all our journey. If someone else wants to get breast implants, who am I to tell them no, but I can at least give them the information of what I do know about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And hopefully there's something out there soon that will be safer, you know, for the people that do want to continue. I mean, that's my hope in all of this. When you mentioned that it's still wrapped in silicone, it was like, oh, like I didn't even know that. <laughs> it was like, oh gosh. So that stuff is still leaking into your into your body, um, which is the ultimate thing. We just want to be body conscious in that sense, right. Of, um, of living our best life. And that's, that's ultimately, I know your goal too, is for people to just enjoy their lives and not feel icky. Cause you had really negative effects happening and you're like, where, what is this? Where is this coming from? Right. And you know what? I had implants for 14 years. And within those 14 years, I lost all of my family members. I traveled to third world countries. So all of these symptoms I had, I really never even thought that it could be, you know, these toxic implants in my chest cavity. I thought it was my grief, my depression. Maybe I got a bug when I was in Thailand or whatever. I guess we'll never really know, but I'll tell you now, I'm, you know, once you hear this podcast a couple months post explant and I feel fucking fantastic at this moment right now during this recording. It's only been three weeks and I'm on cloud nine. Wow. It's, it's wild. It's hard to put into words, but I know that this was the right choice to take them out. Like you clearly feel a difference in your body. Oh yeah. And in my mind, I feel just more clear, more present, more me, more true, more honest. Mm. Is that, does that make sense? (laughs) That's so cool. I, yeah, I just think, I believe that chemicals or stuff like that can totally fuck with us. So I, I'm, I totally believe it's possible. 
And I think too, even mental, right. Of like getting rid of something that, you know, is toxic. Once you realize it's toxic, whether that's a relationship or a person like a friendship, or it could be anything could be, you know, everybody's all about the EMF right now. (laughs) So getting one of those little things that cancels it out, whatever makes you feel good. Like, I think it's all true and we need to do whatever we need to do to feel good and to feel at peace. So that's great. I love that you shared that journey and thank you so much because I I don't have breast implants. I have huge boobs. If anything, I need a reduction. (laughs) So I'm like, woo, thank God. Like I haven't gone through that, but if, but if anything, I've wanted to get a reduction. And I think even that is just surgery in general is so invasive, you know? So it's like, it's really hard to think of even doing that because what if, you know, what if something in that happened or, or I didn't feel good after, you know, you just never know. So everyone has their own journey, which is really interesting. And I love your journey and I really appreciate what you've shared. And um, another thing that you also shared, which I thought was really, really brave is how you're by. And I, I mean, who can tell, right? I mean, there's no, there's no like in Christianity it's like, do you have like the, the, you know, whatever isn't, you know, Christian or a virgin and then like sniffer. Um, so it's like, you know, sexuality is so demonized and, um, and open sexuality is so demonized and scrutinized in, in Christianity from my experience. And so I, I often just, I'm like, I don't have any kind of barometer for that but I just loved that you shared that and I felt like god that's so brave because I don't know if I could even share about my sexuality you know and my openness or what I think or what I feel and I just always think that's so brave and um what led you to to share about that was that the first time that you shared about that yeah it's the first time I've shared about it publicly there are perhaps you know, four or five people, friends of mine who know, and my partner, of course, knew because we had talked about it. But I had never, like, sat down with anyone, especially a public platform, and really said the words. There, it was strange. I felt like that word didn't belong to me. It's hard to put into words. But I, something just came through me one day and said, you're going to go public with this. And I'm really good at listening to my inner voice or my inner gut intuition. So I said, okay, like kind of having this inner chat. And I thought, you know what? You can't make everybody happy. So you might post this and have some naysayers or people might not like it or unfollow you. But the purpose behind it, just like the question you asked before, the purpose behind it was two things. Number one, it was liberation. That's just the word that kept playing in the back of my mind or the back mm. of my head. If I say this out loud, then, I, then I'm liberated from any like shame or guilt that kind of is attached to it. But also as a spiritual mentor and as a public figure, if I can say that out loud and allow any other male, female or, or person to feel not alone or feel somewhat supported or like they have a companion they can reach out to, then I'll be that person. And it happened yeah. right away. People were like, oh my gosh, thank you. I was like, you're so welcome. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. I love that because it's because not, it's not- oops, I'm hearing an echo. Oops. <laughs> I don't know if that's me, my little earbuds. Um, 
it's not, it's not wrong. Like, I think that's ultimately the thing, right? Is in society, we're still at that place where we're accepting differences, right? We're accepting every kind of version of a human, (laughs) you know, in all forms as they even change. And so I think that's, it's really cool that people are able to have you as an example, um, because then they know that it's okay, that it's like, look at Nikki, you're successful, you're happy, you're healthy, um, you're living your best life and you're doing what you love to do. You're fulfilling your purpose. And yes, you happen to be bi and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing, um, that doesn't hinder you in any way. You can, you can be whatever you feel like you are, you know, aligned with. And so that's so cool. Also, someone wrote me and it was such a beautiful reflection because she said the fact that you're in a committed partnership with a man and I identify as a woman and I have a daughter who's only one years old a brand new baby and we're building this family and yet I can still come out and own that she said Mm -hmm. that was a powerful part for me because um this woman happens to be in a heterosexual sexual relationship but she feels like I might just be attracted to people, not really like a, a sex or a gender. I mean, this is a whole conversation, but, and I do understand that I'm not in the minority and that there's other people in the LGBTQ plus community who have it so much harder, but being a therapist and saying that out loud, all I can hope for is that I open the door to those who maybe need a therapist who supports that, that way of being. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that you're not, um, you're not this specific model, but that you actually are way more open and broad so that you can talk from a place of understanding and empathy, not just sympathy, which is really powerful for those that need that. And it's just cool because like you end up attracting that, right? And you attract people that need you. And so that's really cool. And you know what, as much as I love talking about death, I love talking about sex because I just love all the taboo topics because I'm just sort of this jester. I like to kind of dig in and go, come on, let's talk about it. Like let down the wall, let down the shame. It's all good. So that's me. <laughs> Cause that's all about healing too. And sex is something that most people need healing or deprogramming, you know, around. And so like, as a therapist, that's like, perfect (laughs) because that's usually the gateway right into healing yeah totally oh that's wonderful so before I let you go I wanted you to explain a little bit about your cosmic relations university because it is badass and it is really awesome and really cool I've looked into it um your next sign up starts January 2022 so people have plenty of time to prep and do their research and sign up and, and get on the wait list and all of that, um, for, for the next, um, season. Can you share a little bit about what people learn in your university? It's, I believe a year long course, right? Yeah, it's a year long course. So we meet once a month as a class, and then we also meet one-on-one privately. So I meet with each student just to really build upon their emotional, um, intellect, their spiritual knowledge and wisdom, and everything that you guys have heard me talk about in this podcast thus far, it's all of that wrapped into an international accredited university. So 
the fact that we're accredited is huge. That was something that came through just recently. And what the purpose of it is, is not only to boost self-awareness, but compassion, empathy, um, new schools of thought, again, to kind of shake up the taboo or shake up the reality. And at the end of the 12 months, we really close it out with a bang because undoubtedly each student graduates almost like we we were in a cocoon for 12 months and then you just graduate into this beautiful fucking butterfly and you look back 12 months and you're like I don't even know who that person was mm-hmm. like we really we really dive in and dig deep into mind body soul eastern western it's really well-rounded That's so cool. That's so cool. So if anyone's interested in that, they can go onto your website or um, even just through your Instagram, Nikki Cosmo, they can look you up and sign up for that for the next year, which is really cool. And you also do, we mentioned earlier, like past life regression trainings as well. And those are every three months. So the next one coming up is August 14th. Yes. Yeah. So the past life regression training is also beautiful and that's a month long. So one Saturday, each week for four weeks and it's if you're into any type of past life stuff or hypnosis at all that's really the the training to go to because you guys learn all about what the subconscious mind even is and what the soul and the spirit is and how to access past incarnations for healing that's what cosmic relations university and the past life regression training are all about it's just self-awareness and then helping our community be self-aware and healed as well. Oh, so beautiful. Love, love it. Nikki, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for, gosh, sharing so much of your heart all the time. And for what you've shared on this episode, it was just so beautiful to hear about your journey and your heart. And um, I know so many people are just going to get so much out of this and be so encouraged and so inspired to just follow the journey because there's no there's no like specific path. We just following our hearts and following our intuitions is the way to do it. I love that you're such an example of that. Yeah, so well said. So much love, girl. Thank you. Same. Back at you.